Hey friends, Jason here, the host of the Speak With People podcast. Before we hop into this episode, the Lead With People, Not At Them series, I want to ask you a question. Are you ready to speak like a leader? So many of us aren't ready to answer that because we don't think we have the confidence. We're too fearful or we just aren't given the opportunities to speak in public. And maybe if we do, we don't understand how to put them, our thoughts together in a clear way and then all the nerves attack us, the beads of sweat and the ums and our stomach turns over. It's time to end all of that. Speak With People is introducing a brand new course called Speak Like a Leader. This is for the everyday leader to speak with confidence, clarity, and in a captivating way. You are going to be absolutely ready when your boss says, hey, can you give an update on the project you've been working on in front of the team? You're going to stand up with confidence. You're going to be clear, and you're going to captivate that room. You're going to close more sales. You're going to be able to communicate more clearly. You're going to be able to deepen your relationships because you're going to speak like a leader. This includes nine different modules, all of the training videos that you can watch on your own, all of the different worksheets, and then additional worksheets. It also includes two private coaching sessions with me. Go to speakwithpeople.com slash speak like a leader and get your course today. And now for this episode of the Lead with People, Not at Them series. Well, welcome to the Speak with People podcast. My name is Jason Reitz and I am so excited you are joining us today. We at Speak with People believe that healthy communication is oxygen for your leadership and your relationship. So whether you communicate one-on-one to a team from a stage or from a screen, we really hope that our time today encourages you to elevate the importance of practice of healthy communication in your leadership, in your life, and we really hope that it inspires you to speak with people, not at them. Well, thanks again for being a part of this podcast. Before we hop into this great conversation, I want to make sure you know that there is a community available for you to help you grow and uh, increase your communication skills as a leader. If you go to facebook.com slash groups, slash speak with people. We'll put that in the show notes as well. You can join hundreds of leaders from around the world as we all come together and we post different articles and videos and ideas to be able to help push our communication skills forward. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, how is your workplace well-being? How are, how are you doing with your health in your workplace? Is it great? Is it okay? Is it awful? Uh, we're in this series called Lead With People not at them. And just a reminder, if you haven't downloaded the leadership guide, go to speakwithpeople.com slash leadwithpeople because you'll be able to read these leadership principles from over 30 different leaders from around the country. But in the series, we've been kind of uncovering this idea of instead of leading at people, kind of the old paradigm of leading through fear and authority and uh, we want to lead with people. We want to lead through joy and trust and authenticity. And so we want to imagine a workplace where every day you're excited to face the challenges and you're eager to craft new solutions. You feel valued, you feel cared for, and you feel heard. And so here's the thing. Is this a reality? <laughs> We're going to have a great conversation today. I'm joined today by just a, a leader who I have the utmost respect for. I've known him for uh, maybe going on a dozen years, maybe more. Uh, we met years ago. He's an author. He's a coach. He trains coaches. He's just a spectacular uh, leader and human being. Uh, I'm so excited to have Jeff Caliguire on the podcast. Jeff, thanks so much for being on the Speak With People podcast. It is great, Jason. And it's been fun watching you lean into who you are. And I've always known you as a great communicator. And I love how you've taken this to a new level. Uh, this morning, I was reading a book 
that I just got from Amazon last night. And I'm one of those people who sometimes takes the book that just came and then puts down another, and uh, you can call me an addict. But it, it's called How to Know a Person by David Brooks. Mm. And, and, and the book really says your message and the message of what this movement is about is that people want to be seen. And when we don't see people, we miss something. And when people aren't seen, we're missing their fulfillment or mm. what they're about. So I, I really think this podcast and this vision of speak with people, not at them, is is relevant and, and even relevant to my reading this morning, Jason. Well, thank you for that. And thanks for mentioning that book. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes because we love books around here, and it sounds like one that's right up, uh, right up our alley. Uh, before we hop into this conversation, wondered if you could just give us a little bit more of who you are, your story, what you do, where you're from, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I mean, I, I grew up in a, a business family from the Northeast. I'm from right outside of New York City in New Jersey. And uh, if, if you're watching, I guess you can see I'm in Colorado now. Mm. And so I don't know how God brought me there, but he brought me through a bunch of things, including really asking the question, what brings me to life? Mm. And one of the things that does that is mountains. So anyway, I am uh, grew up in the Northeast, business family. I went to seminary, became a pastor. And so I definitely was doing the speak with people in that uh, that um, environment. But since then, since 20. Uh, 2001, literally around 9-11, I have been a coach and coaching leaders in their development, uh, in understanding their strengths, more recently uh, understanding what holds them back and their anxiety and uh, getting to the deeper parts. And my wife and I moved to Colorado. We've started a place called Whisper Ranch uh, as a place to bring leaders together to lower their RPMs to tune in to themselves, tune into God, and and really find their voice. So, um, and then like you said, I've been training coaches doing that for six years and feel like coaching is a, a platform that works for me. Well, I love that. I love that. I am looking out my window and I do not have uh, mountains. <laughs> and so your view looks really spectacular. <laughs> I do not trying to be that person who one ups though. I did our first uh, international leader on the podcast uh, a month ago, and she was from uh, Switzerland, and so she was telling me all about the Alps and the lakes, and I was like, "Wow!" Uh, oh, well, that is a one up. Switzerland, that, Switzerland. Ours are kind of like the kids. Switzerland are like the grown ups. You know? <laughs> I guess it's the opposite way around geologically. Yes, so. where I used to live in Michigan is a town called Mount Pleasant. No, no mountain there. Uh, and so we were always looking for it. So, uh, but it was pleasant, you know, Michigan in the summers is great. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, as we kind of dive into this topic and idea, I know some of our listeners are probably like, it's my job. I, sh I shouldn't enjoy it. I shouldn't be happy. I shouldn't look forward to it. Um, but I love some of the conversations we have and I, f I followed you on LinkedIn and some of the things you've been posting just to have been eye opening to me. You know, give us kind of a pulse of where people really are at when it comes to their workplace. Yeah, so kind of like the speak with people vision, people do better and they're more effective when they are cared for. Mm. I mean, it, it's not rocket science. And yet, you know, uh, there's some statistics I, I recently read that if your employer cares for your well-being, 
you're 69% less likely to actively search for a new job. Okay, wow. so it's good for business. Um, so when you, when the employer cares for your well-being, people are 71% more less likely to experience burnout. They're wow. 5% uh, more likely to advocate for the company, three times more likely to be engaged, uh, 36% more likely to be thriving in their overall life. So I know those are a lot of quick statistics, but all to say, Jason, when when a company, a church, an organization knows how to and, and then actually intentionally invests in the well-being of their people, their leaders and creates that culture, it it creates a lot of good and a lot of effectiveness. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the question I, I tend to pose is, Yes, that makes sense. That's been my own experience. How? Mm. And and if you're if you're someone who's listening going, yeah, my company doesn't really seem to care. You're you're not alone. Uh, literally 24% of people uh, this year say that their company invests and cares for their well-being. Only 24%. Wow. wow. Most companies, most organizations are not doing this. And I think it's not because they don't want to, they just don't have the tools or have the equipment to be able to do it. Interesting. So you do think, do you think the majority is in the camp that it's not that they don't want to, they just don't have the, the, the skills, you know, cause in your, in your estimation, what do you think are, is the percentage of companies that, you know, just kind of view their employees as a spoke on the wheel, you know, get the job done, you know, if you don't, we'll get somebody else, you know, yes. as opposed to the companies that are like, we're doing the best we can. We don't really know what to do. We're just going to keep yeah. kind of going about this. Well, uh, Jason, you probably remember the Stephen Covey quadrants, you know, quadrant two are things that are not urgent, but important. Mm. And this is definitely one of those things that someone's not going to come to you as a leader. If you're leading a, a company and go, are you doing this? But ultimately it's gonna create the effectiveness and the bottom line that you care for. But I mean, kind of like mentoring, uh, a lot of us in leadership think mentoring is really important, but I've never been mentored. Right. And so, so I right. think a lot of, there's a lot of leaders out there who think, okay, well-being for others in my workplace is really important, but how do I intentionally create well-being in myself and in even the little team that I'm working with. And so, so that's where as a, as a leadership coach, it's become really important for me to start with the leader, start with the, the manager, the CEO. Um, you can't, it's not a bottom up type of thing. You can't now mandate, you know, the top down. We should all have well-being, go do well-being. It really starts with the leaders who know how to have well-being in their life. And that's where it comes a little bit to mm. why I'm so passionate about this is because I am one of those people in my, you know, go get them leadership really went through, you know, burnout, depression, mm. almost lost my marriage. Uh, my kids hated me for a while. And, uh, and so I've been on, you know, on makeup and learning how to intentionally seek the well-being of my of my mind my soul my body as a way of life mm. yeah. wow you just kind of took us to a a depth there that's so powerful because i know in my life 
the seasons where I've I've bottomed out the most have come, I, I think, after a season of me, you know, working the hardest I possibly can, trying to, you know, improve everything, trying to make sure, you know, all those, and then and then ignoring all of those health factors along the way, and then waking up one day and going, wait a minute, how did I get in this depression? How did I, you know, how do I hate my job so much? How do I hate my life so much? And then the people yeah. around you are like, we don't want to be around you. <laughs> yep. And you don't want to be around yourself. Uh, yesterday I had, I, I drive a, a Ford F-150 and it's part of my move to Colorado from New Jersey. I left behind the the Camaro with the dice, you know, all, all those good things. <laughs> but, but, a, but a, a light comes on and a light comes on in my car and it's a little wrench. Okay. What the, what in the world does a little wrench mean? I mean, there's probably people listening going, Oh, that's clearly, you better go to a, a, a car doctor, dude. But, but it, I think there, it takes sometimes where a light comes on on your your dashboard, and uh, you know most people believe you know um, uh, emotional intelligence matters. Uh, they they believe that you know rest matters, but until we have some lights on our dashboard start to come on that make us say pay attention to well being, a lot of times we just keep you know going to strategy and going to we need more sales, we need more stuff. And so what I've come to see is that every day I've got to tune into that. And uh, can, can I tell you a little bit of a, of a backstory of, of, of what my own dashboard said, Jason? Absolutely. So I was, I was pastoring a church in Boston, Massachusetts, and we had like some of the real intellectual types. It was near Harvard and MIT and people who wow. really mm -hmm. were smart. I, my government major didn't, didn't measure up. But, um, but I was trying to build this church. And uh, at one point, I had one of our leaders who I really counted on, come to me and say, Hey, by the way, he called me. And he said, uh, my wife and I've decided we're going to move about an hour away. And that means we're not gonna be able to be involved in the church anymore. And, you know, like all the godliness just suddenly goes out. You kind of take a big gulp yes. and you try to be really, oh, that's cool. Good for you. And uh, I, I hung up the phone and all of a sudden, all the anxiety in my leadership came flying out and I did something really intellectual. I picked up this book that was called A Concordance, okay? And it must have at the time, it was before it was all online, it must have weighed about 25 pounds. <laughs> big blue book, okay? Some of you may have heard of this thing. And I took it and I threw it across the room. It busted everywhere, it put a hole in the wall. And my wife comes running into the room going, what happened? And I'm like, I don't blah, 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 blah. I mean, I can't even say all the words. I mean, you'd have to bleep me out a whole bunch of times. <laughs> but, but at that point, I realized that my emotional intelligence and my care for myself was so small and that I was, I was in a dangerous place. Like I'd never thought, you know, yeah. killing myself oh. until I thought, oh, this is why people kill themselves. And here I was Ooh. a pastor and I, you know, I was thinking those things. And again, I didn't go there, but I, I now had an insight. And what I've come to see is that I, I needed a, a way that I hadn't learned in all my training. I mean, Jason, I went to an Ivy League school. I had a master's in theology. I knew a lot of stuff. 
but my inner life was really in trouble. And, uh, and so that began a journey that has led to me having to learn how do I care for my well-being? And then in learning that, I'm like, well, there's other people who need to learn some of this too. Yep. Ooh, that's so powerful. So let's walk into a second. You know, I'm working in a place and I, I have a suspicion that, you know, there are some toxic things that are going on, but, you know, maybe I think I'm crazy because, you know, they're good to me. They pay me every two weeks or, you know, whatever it is. You know, I have a job. I should be grateful. But, uh, you know, I keep kind of ignoring some of these, you know, we'll, we'll say the things on the dashboard. When Light it comes to, yeah. yeah, the toxic, the toxicness in the, in the workplace. What, what do you think some of those would be? Yeah. Yeah. So, so one other statistic and then, and then I'll go to that yeah. is uh, we have 60, 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. I don't know how someone <laughs> measures that, but, but a lot of <laughs> thoughts, right? Um, 95% are the same thoughts we had yesterday. 80% of those are, are looked at as negative, not positive. Okay. So, so becoming, becoming attuned to our own thinking is actually a great growth adulting thing to do. Mm. But what I've seen is most of us aren't attuned to our thoughts. Uh, the good news is, according to neuroscience, we can change. Our thoughts mm. can change, old patterns can change. But in the workplace, a lot of us have accepted the way things are as just the status quo. And we've got what John Gordon calls um, uh, energy vampires in our workplace. Mm. It's a great, I mean, like, do, do you know what an energy vampire is, Jason? Do, you probably can think of some, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm putting, I'm formulating some thoughts. This is, a, this is great. Okay, so, so an energy vampire would be an example. God bless your soul. I'm sure she's long gone, but. I worked in my dad's company. He was a CEO of a paper company in New York City. So think Dunder Mifflin in yes. New York. And uh, and I and I was I was a kid. I was in high school, and I used to sit in the order department across from Francis. And Francis would smile as she was talking, as she had a big cigarette she was smoking. And as soon as she would slam the phone down, she would just start cussing about how lousy these customers were. They want too much, and. I, I sat across from Francis for a summer and I realized, you know, that I was, I was in a bad place. Mm. And what mm. I've come to realize is what happens in work cultures, whether you're, you know, seeing people a lot on, uh, on, on cameras or you're in person is we can pick up the tone of our workplace. And, and so people will pick up the tone. So if there's a lot of complaining, complaining becomes a way of life. You complain about management, complain about the, the, the customers and the clients. And so I think, mm. I think as, as you look at your workplace, do you have energy vampires there and has that affected you? Okay. And, and like you, I know you've even posted, the good news is we don't need to accept our environment. Mm. We don't need mm. to, we don't need to just be sponges and let our, our mirror neurons reflect back you know what we're what we're experiencing and and if you're having if you're having those things you know the first thing you need to do is just tune in to how are you being affected by your work culture Mm. right now just asking the question 
Am I happy? Am I excited? Uh, or am I feeling angry, fearful, uh, you know, insecure? And, and, uh, and when that, that tends to happen, it breeds in a culture. Wow. Wow. Absolutely. And it's amazing. We just kind of like, if we don't pay attention to it, we wake up one day and, and we just, you know, think that this is supposed to be normal. And then maybe somebody new starts and, uh, you know, they're starting to pick up on all this and we're like, ah, it's just the way it is around here. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, it's like energy. If you're not putting energy into something, it, it goes to a lower common denominator. It goes right. to a lower level. And so a culture doesn't start out to be toxic. You don't start a company and go, let's create a toxic environment where people quit. But Jason, you probably heard the number one reason why people leave a company. What is it? Their boss. Their boss. Yes. And what would you say their, how would you say their boss is treating them? Is he speaking at people or speaking <laughs> with people? Right, right. Most likely probably at. <laughs> So, so their boss doesn't necessarily have emotional intelligence. So the vision I have and, and why, you know, we're, we're building this coaching process and doing, doing all this training is because we want to help the boss be transformed. Okay. And then in, in the boss being transformed, they can then bring that to their people. And the bottom line is, more people will stay, more people will be engaged and, and more people will, will yep. feel like they are cared for and coached because there's an environment that is investing in their well-being. And, and some companies now are even putting that into their, you know, like as part of the requirements, they want to have coaching and processes that invest in well-being. Mm. And those can certainly be, you know, uh, you know, sending people to the gym but it can also be a, a process that helps people know how to rest, know how to get better sleep, uh, know how to handle emotional downturns. And, uh, and so that's where, you know, coaching is a way to help do just that. I love it. Um, let's go back for a second. You were talking, we're talking about the boss. And, you know, one of the things that has struck me, especially in my leadership, uh, and I, I, years ago, I left a position that I just, I absolutely adored. Like I, I'd probably still be there to this day, but I, I just felt like my boss after, you know, multiple conversations over the course of a year, it, it was just apparent to me, okay, this is not going to change. And so for my own well being, I can't be in this, this kind of culture. Now, people on the outside thought I was crazy because the outside looking in, it looked magnificent. Uh, this boss seemed magnificent until you got on, you know, to the inside and you, you know, you started to experience these little, you know, uh, energy vampires. Right. Uh, and so how do people, you know, how do we make sure that, especially if we're walking into somewhere new, we don't get the, you know, the wool pull over our eyes, you know, if, if we're able to kind of, you know, walk into a, an organization or a new team and, you know, kind of have the rose colored glasses off to go, okay, what am I really getting myself into? Yeah. And that's where we almost need to be athletes of our own mind. Uh, there's a Bible verse that talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
And, and so, you know, first we just need to, to go, okay, I am being affected by this culture. When I'm around these people, I am buying into the toxic or negative mindset, and maybe I'm becoming an energy vampire. Mm. Um, but th there's a, there's a, a coach that I really have some respect for. Her name is Byron Katie. Uh, and B-Y-R-O-N-K-A-T-I, it almost sounds like two first names, but, but she has, the, she has a, like a four-question way to learn how to challenge your negative thinking. And just by asking these four questions, number, number one is, so you have a negative thought, okay? Like, you know, I, this company is driving me crazy. Um, I hate my job. I hate my life, whatever it is. The first question to ask yourself is, is that thought true? Mm. Okay. And, and it could be that, you know, well, maybe it is true. The company, it is driving me crazy, you know, or uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really thriving here. Uh, so, so you're, you're getting to truth. The second question is, can I absolutely know it's true? Mm. Okay. So it's almost challenging yourself, you know, to step back. Can I absolutely know it's true? The third question is, um, what happens when I believe that thought? Mm. What happens when I believe that thought? You know, does it make me lose sleep? Does it make me irritable? Does it make me get sick more? Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of times stress, I mean, there's such a connection to stress and disease. Why am I constantly having a cold going to work? Well, there might be some stress going on. So, you know, what, what happens when I believe that thought? The fourth question is, what would I be without that thought? Mm. What would I be without that thought? And, and, and Byron Katie has literally made her whole coaching practice around doing what she calls the work, which is asking yourself those four questions. So, so my encouragement is, is if, you're, if you're in an environment and you're finding yourself becoming the, the the energy vampire to yourself you know asking those questions could be a key Oof. way to start you know and just tuning into your own mindset and um and and, and believing you can change yeah. like there is hope you yeah. don't need to go hey i'm, I'm spiraling down and this is just going to end poorly um and and i find that you know when, when you hear the the tragic stories of people stuck in addiction you know, there really are ways out. And sometimes it means you need to work with a counselor or a spiritual director or a coach, yep. somebody yep. else that's going to help you. And so, you know, like the reason I've been training coaches is to bring that into those environments right. where, where coaches can help bring the change. Well, that's so good. I think about these four questions, you know, specifically two seasons in my leadership where, I was in a toxic culture, but then I allowed my own thinking health get toxic because, you know, I was kind of at odds the entire time trying to break free from it all. And what those questions, just as I just read through them again, I'm like, oh, these questions. Aren't they good? Yeah, I mean, so those good. aren't unique to me. So Byron Katie, uh, you know, but I what I find is in, in my, my life and coaching, like always be looking for someone who's thought about things from a, a, a really simple but helpful perspective. Yep. And I mean, if you take any any question in your marriage, in your in your parenting, in your own life, and you it's a negative thought and you identify it, this is a negative thought. 
mm. and just ask, mm. is it true? Can, can I absolutely know it's true? Yep. Uh, can, can what would what what happens when I believe that thought and what would I be without that thought and and running it through that gamut can can be you know what takes it from toxic to transformational you know absolutely so let's go at this from two angles let's start with the employees and then we'll talk about the employer what are some things that you know could fall on the employees shoulders that they can be doing you know, and I, I know you've given us kind of some insight and wisdom throughout the conversation, but, you know, kind of some, so let's center it here. What are some things that, hey, if I work for, you know, XYZ company, what are some things yeah. that I can do, you know, that could be, I could be responsible for, for helping improve the the culture and the well-being, you know, for everybody. Right. Well, and, and there's a lot, but I mean, some of it very specifically is, is knowing how to rest, mm. knowing how to move yourself and and actually find rest and and finding the lanes that are going to cause you to to not think about it to, to let yourself i mean one of the one of the values of meditation is training your brain to not uh, ruminate on things Ugh. what leads people towards depression and discouragement is you ruminate so if you're in an environment where you are being sucked in you know ask yourself the question how can i daily, weekly, monthly, remove myself. For me, as you can see behind me, it's going to the mountains. It's hiking yes. with my dogs. It's like nature is one of the ways that I can find rest. If you're not sleeping well, you need to address that. If you're waking up thinking about your anger, about your, your employer, your boss, uh, you know, you've, you've got to care for you. It's yeah. not there. You can't change them, at least right now. Right. But you need to tune into the ways and, and it could be your rest. It could be you need to learn a better diet. You may need a coach, even if it isn't paid for by your employer. And, and maybe they're going to help you either change where you are or maybe you do need to leave and, and, and be OK with that. Yep, absolutely. Well, then let's flip it to the uh, employer's you know standpoint. If there's listeners listening who you know, our HR or supervisors or own the company, you know, what are they're on the C-suite team, whatever it is, what are some things that they yeah. can be doing? Even some small steps. Yeah. Well, first recognize that when you actively implement a well-being program, you get the money back in spades because mm. people are more effective. They're more present. There's less turnover. They're going to be more creative. And so by, by having as part of your leadership, you know, whether you're, it comes from you or your HR, where you implement that, there's a guy that leads a, a large company that I coach. And he I had him go through a checklist of possible things. They're, they're actually moving to a new office. And they're creating the office with ways that people can find relaxation mm. and rest. They have outdoor space where people can go. Um, and sometimes like even just creating the way for people to work outdoors. Uh, yep. and, and, you know, and having, what's your checklist of things that you can do as a leader and employer that is going to, going to invest in the well-being? And it could be, you're going to bring coaching, uh, you're going to bring a, a process that helps them learn how to, 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 to meditate, you know, to do some right. of those things that maybe you wouldn't think are part of work, but when they are healthy, they are showing up. 
and if you care for them, they're going to care for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Boy, I love that. Yeah, I think back uh, to some of the best places I've worked at and, uh, you know, a couple stand out, you know, thing they provided, you know, even some tiny benefits that, you know, didn't seem tiny at the time, but things like, you know, yeah, I was allowed to work outside or a counseling stipend or, you know, leadership training. I was just in a hotel last week in Alabama and was blown away by every single employee, how they interacted with me. And so I finally just had to know. So I asked, I pulled an employee to the side and I was like, I just have to know, like, how much training do you guys get? And they're like, oh, every month we have to do four hours of online training. And I thought so many companies don't do that because yes, we don't want to take away. Invested the, in. Yes. Yeah, and basically when you're coaching someone, you're lifting them up, you're allowing them to thrive. And so, the, you know, the whole idea of, of the coaching we have called uh, the leader coach yep. is to help people learn how to thrive. And, and like, if you look at my background, we've created, we've got 26 acres here in Boulder dedicated to helping leaders have a place to get away, to mm -hmm. meet with their team outdoors, to, to themselves just come and, and process with a coach or alone. And so, you know, those spaces, I mean, how many spaces do you know dedicated to leader rest and leaders finding their vision. And I think part of the reason Mindy and I created this is we felt like we wanted it, but didn't know where to get it. Mm. So I think, you know, even if, if you can come to Whisper Ranch in Boulder, you know, come out here or find the places where you can have your employees go yep. that is going to, you know, say to them, we, we care about your well-being. Yep. Yep. Last week when I was training some financial advisors, we, we were sitting around and we were talking just about, you know, some of the best uh, practices for connecting uh, with your clients. And it's amazing to me, even a simple happy birthday text or, you know, just that little emphasis for employees to remember, hey, it was their birthday or they're going through something. We want to give them, you know, space and time to be able to, you know, even things like that. I mean, it's just just yeah, incredible. Speak speak with people, right? I mean, it, like people feel seen when you do that. Yep. And we all appreciate when someone recognizes us, no one goes, Oh, you, I don't, I don't want you to celebrate me. Right. You know, <laughs> don't wish me a happy birthday or tell me I'm a good leader. But we, when, when we just go out of our way to write right. a handwritten note, you know, all those things go so far and they're not expensive and they don't take much time. I love it. I love it. Well, Jeff, we're going to, this conversation has been so rich. You've given us so much insight as we kind of turn the corner. Uh, I want to do a couple of rapid fire questions because each week we try to give our listeners just a different look into some resources that may be uh, of a help. And we, we talk a lot about uh, speaking, you know, on here, communication up front, you know, uh, it, do you have a favorite speaker? Is there someone that you're like, Oh, I could hear them communicate all day long. Just love it. Favorite speaker. Um, you know, I, I am such a, I'm, I'm, I love so many different people. Uh, I, I definitely, you know, I'm listening to a John Maxwell book right now called, um, the inner, what is it? The developing the inner leader. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, that guy's just, that guy's just an amazing communicator. Yep. Um, I, um, th there's a book that I'm looking at right now and maybe this isn't totally on the topic, but it's just called, um, breathe. Mm. And uh, it's a guy named James Nestor, one of the best books I've listened to in a while. And it's just on the idea of like learning to breathe 
And as speakers, you know, speakers need a way to learn how to breathe. Uh, that would that would be a recommendation. I actually really like Benjamin Hardy too. His mm. communication in leadership development. Uh, he he has a lot of books with Dan Sullivan. Uh, one of my favorites is called um, uh, uh, it's "Ask Who Not How." Oh, okay. Uh, Ask Who Not How, and uh, just a great book on, on on how to delegate things and and have other people do things rather than doing them yourself. I love that. So speaking of books, is there like one book if you had to, you know, you're on a desert island, you know, if one if somebody that you know is going to, you know, shipwreck, go on a desert island, they could only have one book with them. What's that book that you would say, hey, oof, got to have this this book with you? Um, you know, I mean, I, I come back to Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I've read yeah. that over and over again. Uh, I, I think that one, that one just, if you haven't read it or reread it, you know, going back to that on think, win, win, sharpening the saw, it's just seven little pieces of wisdom. And, and I know most people here probably read that, but I, I just find that book has, you know, was probably the first book that made me think, wow, I can change, you know, things can change. I can develop habits and yes. I'm, I'm all about developing new habits. Uh, and I think leadership, you know, leaders that are growing are developing habits. Uh, the, the book on on habits, I'm trying to remember his name, looking at my bookshelf now. Uh, there's a book on on tiny habits. Uh, atomic by Benjamin habits. Fox. Uh, atom, there's Atomic Habits. Um, I, and so I, I'm, I'm just a big believer in the power of, of learning habits. I love it. Okay, last question. If we come to Colorado... You know, what's the one thing that we've got to we've got to do with all the stuff that's available? My goodness. See, I'm I'm a skier. So, I mean, okay. to me, you know, you, you've got to ski uh, Mary Jane. OK, it's, it's one of the le, 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 the lesser known places, but it it, it tends to have the best snow. Uh, and so if you're a skier, you know, but I mean, there, there is so much to do in Colorado. Don't don't tell anyone how much sun we have here. We have in, in Boulder. <laughs> over 300 of, of sunny days a year. So I would say be outside, enjoy the sun and, uh, and ski. You know? I love it. So love I'm it. just thinking skiing because we've had snow lately. Yes. Well, I'm hoping someday to host us, uh, speak, you know, use your, your place to host something with speak with people leaders. So we really so much fun. Can't wait. Really would love that. So before I let you go, where, where's the best place uh, people can find you? We'll post it in the show notes and in the Facebook group yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so there's there's resources at the leader coach. So it's not the leader .com. That that won't be a great one to get. It's the leader coach. So the leader coach, and uh, and I've got an assessment there that is the leader health assessment. And what you're going to do is take that assessment. It's free, and it's going to find what are the main areas for you to work on to grow your health. Is it is it mm. you need more rest? Is it you know, growing your emotional intelligence. Uh, so, so I would say go there, definitely take that and you'll get feedback that will tune into where are the areas that you should grow. And it could be something that you then bring to your team yep. and say, Hey, take this yeah. and, you know, maybe share it or maybe just, you know, don't share it and tune into it. Yep. I love it. And you didn't mention, I have this on my shelf and have very <laughs> much enjoyed it. Uh, your book, the habits of hope, this was fantastic, uh, and uh, I would highly recommend it 
we'll put this in the show notes and in the Facebook group so people can uh, get a link to it as well. I told you I like habits, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> That's right. And and from like a, I'm a book guy. So from a book perspective, I love a good hardcover book and I love It's a nice book. Oh, it's it's, nice they book. did your 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 <laughs> folks did such a great job on this. It's and it's got some drawings in it too, right? The, yeah. Not too many drawings, but enough drawings. So, yeah, I, I like the visuals. Yeah. It's yeah, a great I, book. I Jeff. actually I actually enjoy the feel of it too. So my 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 printer gets all the all the, and my my designer get all the credit for that. I love it. Well, hopefully the speak with people not at them book will have the same same look and feel. So, looking forward. Totally, to Jeff. Thank you. You've been you know such a positive voice in my life for a long time. So, really appreciate you being on the podcast today. My pleasure, Jason. And may may the speak with people vision grow and grow. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you to our listeners for joining in every single week. Really appreciate it. And can't thank you enough for downloading that leader guide. Go to speakwithpeople.com slash lead with people. We'd love to know what you think about it. We have just put it full of different uh, leadership principles from leaders from around the country and all of the books that uh, from our, our authors and our speakers on the series are in the guide as well. So you have everything in one place to be able to learn how to lead with authenticity. It's just going to be a fantastic resource for your life. Well, hopefully today you've been challenged, encouraged, motivated to elevate the importance and practice of healthy communication in life and leadership. And most of all, my hope is that you've been motivated to speak with people, not at them. Thanks again for being a part of the podcast and we'll see you again next week.